We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Derek and Cody, back for another episode, guys. And hey, the Indianapolis Colts won a football game on Sunday, and we are very excited about that. The Colts moved to 3-2 and two after their victory at home against the Tennessee Titans, where the Colts snapped a bunch of different streaks. We talked about those in the post-game recap, so if you have guys haven't yet, be sure to go check that video out. But Derek, with this victory, we have to talk about some winners and losers, some studs and duds from this game. And as it is with the victory, there's typically more studs than there are duds in this game. And so we have a good amount of studs and only a few duds or losers, if you will, uh, for different situations. So let's get right into it, Derek. And actually, let's um, let's talk about the the losers or the duds, if you will because there's only a couple of them here. The first guy that we have on here has to be Anthony Richardson, just because of the injury. You know, the third injury he's had in five games, or I guess four games that he's played in. It's just, it's unfortunate, Derek. And I know we're going to make a video, have it come out tomorrow about that injury and just how unfortunate it is, how maybe Richardson needs to do some things. Maybe the Colts need to do some things to protect him better because Derek, I mean, to steal the oldest cliche in the book, the best ability is availability, and Anthony Richardson has proven at least through five games that he hasn't been really been available for the Colts when it matters, and so he definitely needs to do a better job there, and it just stinks to see the young man already dealing with so many injuries and different ones. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, that's, that's the only reason you put him on here on the losers category is because, again, it's not really doing much in the sense of it's going to impact his future right away. But what it does is, is it makes even more of the fan base think that you're not equipped to be the future quarterback of this team. And it all it does is ruin your chances to have more reps out there on the football field. Obviously, like we said in our videos, it's freak injuries. It happens, but Again, this is the third injury that we've had to be concerned about with Anthony Richardson. So things definitely have to get a lot better uh, going forward, or otherwise Richardson's just going to continue to not to be able to play 
And then this whole first year will have all been for nothing. Yep. And that's the biggest thing we said with Richardson, right? The best way he's going to get better is by playing. But if he's not out there playing, then how's he going to get better? So yeah, he's just got to stay on the field. He's got to be able to learn when is the time to take off. When's the time to take those hits? When's the time to not take those hits? And how do you just be smart about it? Because we've seen the best quarterbacks that last the longest are the quarterbacks that don't take the unnecessary hits. The quarterbacks that don't, you know, take a big hit every game, which it seems like Richardson continues to do. And so you just need him to be smarter with himself because it's very obvious, you know, when you're running the football with him, there's a higher chance of injury. Heck, he's gotten two injuries off of that alone, just running the football. I guess you could probably argue three because in all three, he was running. He was in the process of running and he took a hit. So he's just got to be smarter in that area. You know, he started to slide, which is good to see, but just got to be better. And maybe the Colts just need to kind of pull back a little bit on some of those design quarterback runs. But again, uh, that's neither here or there. Let's continue on talking about some of the losers. And Derek, another guy that we got to talk about here, a guy that just continues to get lost in the shuffle of the wide receiver room, Alec Pierce, only one catch today, although it was a big catch. Um, he just continues to kind of be a non-factor in these games, Derek. And yeah, I think it's pretty telling that, you know, Josh Downs and Michael Pittman Jr. are getting seven, typically about seven targets per game, and Pierce gets one or two. What are your thoughts on Alec Pierce and kind of really how he's kind of become irrelevant in this Colts offense so far through five weeks? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's It's extremely telling that Josh Downs continues to see more and more action in this offense, and Michael Pittman continues to ascend. and. He, Alec Pierce is now getting uh, less targets than half of the tight ends on our group. Heck, even getting less receptions than our running backs now, which, and neither one of our running backs are receiving running backs. So it is very telling. I know that Jim Bob Cooter said at the end of, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, where he said that, you know, just sometimes the game plan just doesn't go your way for Alec Pierce. And I will admit uh, there was one time when Gardner Minshew could have hit Alec Pierce for a touchdown uh, late in that third quarter, but just failed to recognize that he was open. But it just seems like that's what Alec Pierce is. Either he's the home run bomb or he's nothing. And so far he's been nothing all season. And I mean, he's, what is that? Was that his fifth reception this game? Uh, I or for the season in this game, I think so. This is not a guy you've drafted him in the second round to be an explosive element to your offense, and he has been anything but it. I mean, had one catch late in the fourth quarter to try to seal the game, thankfully, glad for Pierce to be able to do that, and had that one where. Obviously, he got held and ended up having a flag, which ended up moving the sticks even more for the Colts. So clearly it was there. But like, where is he the remaining seven other drives that the Colts are at? He's just non-existent. So again, until until I start seeing some productivity, it's just going to continue to be in the losers category because now I just I'm not thinking it's part of the scheme anymore. Yeah, I mean, at at this point, it's like he just doesn't get the looks. And I think that tells all, right? Is he's, They're not even looking to him anymore, it seems like. And so 
hopefully he can do something here and something to build his confidence back up because it's just odd how he goes from having you know a pretty solid rookie season to now just not being a factor at all in this team at all. So it's just weird. It's very strange, and I don't fully understand why he's not being involved. You know, is it is it just maybe a is he not like a scheme fit? I don't really know like why he's really not drawn up in the game plan at all. He's just not really getting opportunities anymore. So it's just kind of interesting. But yeah, he continues to be. I think you think we could say at this point, Derek, he's a number three wide receiver. I think Downs has taken his spot as the number two guy right now. So hopefully he can make some comebacks here and can start making some plays and maybe earn his way back into getting some more looks here at wide receiver. But uh, Pierce is there. And then we got to talk about just really Gus Bradley and, and talking about, you know, the Indianapolis zone scheme that seems like Derek, they're kind of getting picked apart week to week, especially the last two weeks. I will say this to give them credit in, in defense of Gus Bradley, they did a terrific job in the red zone. Like they did a great job of limiting the Tennessee Titans to three points as opposed to seven, right? They weren't just allowing Tennessee to do whatever they wanted down in the red zone. So that is a positive thing, but also they were doing a you know pretty bad job of covering DeAndre Hopkins. And he was really the biggest guy and in this game. And it seems like every week in this Gus Bradley defense, one of these receivers, typically their number one goes off for like 150 yards and they just don't seem to have an answer for him. And I think it also kind of extends to, you know, sometimes your front four as of recent has struggled a little bit more to get home, right? I think the pressure's still been there, but they only had one sack in this game. And sometimes it feels like Gus Bradley is just content to let them sit back and pick apart his defense a little bit. Talk to me about him and kind of some of the losers there when it comes to kind of the scheme and and the and kind of the honestly lack of imagination, if you will, lack of aggressiveness in terms of sending the blitz and, you know, making quarterbacks uncomfortable. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, honestly, that's what concerns me the most and what angers me the most about this Colts defense over the last several weeks. I think that, I mean, me personally, I thought the reason why we lost to the Rams, of course, you know, we had given up a ton more yards on the ground to the Rams than we did against the Titans. But again, that also helped with the fact that Buckner was not available for the majority of that game. He was on a pitch count. So clearly losing to Forrest Buckner for a good chunk of your game is going to impact you in more ways than just one. So that hurts. And then on top of it, 
like I said last week, you had a wounded, you had a wounded animal back there in the backfield and moved Matt Stafford. You had them up against the ropes. They couldn't do anything in the fourth quarter yet. Somehow, some way Gus Bradley thought the best thing to do is not attack. It was just to stay back and continue to just let the wounded animal hurt you from afar. And I hated that. It was like, Put get down and stomp them in the throat while you have them down, and they he just wouldn't do that. And then this week again, the only person that hurt the Colts all game was DeAndre Hopkins. The only one you gave him his best game as a Tennessee Titan all season long might be the best game that DeAndre Hopkins has all season because he had eight receptions for 140 yards. He's the only one doing any significant damage to you. Now, I will give credit to where credit is due. Obviously, they came in with a game plan, stop Derrick Henry. And clearly, they they performed that very well. And obviously, it led to the Titans only scoring one touchdown all game. In the end, that was great. But again, it was the just lack of... Like you said, lack of wanting to attack Ryan Tannehill. That pass rush was just not getting home. And yet somehow, someway, again, Bradley just refuses to send people to him. They refuse to blitz people. The one time that they actually got to him very quickly or DeForest Buckner has been able to get pressure on Tannehill to force these incompletions was when the Colts brought pressure. They would bring five, DeForest Buckner would go in free, and then DeForest Buckner would make him force an incompletion. Like, I mean, why do we not do more of it? Why do we not do more of it and continue to make these quarterbacks suffer? I'm not asking for 40% of the time to do it, but more than your 10 to 15% range, please. Like, just do it a little more. And then, again, the middle of the field, it's... Asking Zaire Franklin to be a ball hawk in the middle of the field is not working. Stop making Zaire Franklin be a ball hawk in the middle of the field and freaking change some things up, man. Because that's how DeAndre Hopkins kept getting open half the time. Because he's just sitting in the middle and Zaire Franklin goes the wrong way. And then you're just like, oh, well, there he is. Like, that's just, it's stupid because literally the last two weeks, the quarterbacks that we have faced has eaten that alive. And we're lucky it didn't cost us the game. We're very lucky, very lucky that the defense was able to stop the run and force them to not be able to score in the red zone. And thank the only reason they couldn't score in the red zone on the same thing was because it's so congested there that it's hard. It's, Practically impossible to get separation because there's no room in the red zone. That's the only reason why they weren't able to get it in there. So I just think the scheme that Bradley is running, he has to make some tweaks because this defense is going to continue to get eaten up in the middle because every quarterback sees it now and, and Bradley's just not changing it. Yep. But with that, uh, we'll move on to some of the, the studs, right now or the winners if you will in this game you know we were upset with part of the defense didn't play well but part of the defense and we in part of the the big part uh which ultimately won this game for the defense was the game plan you mentioned it already you know the ability to stop derrick henry he averaged in this game 
3.3 yards per carry. I mean, the Titans really weren't able to do a whole lot running the football all day, which we know is their MO. We know that's what they want to do is establish a line of scrimmage. But this Indianapolis defense, this front seven, did a terrific job all day of really limiting Derrick Henry and this running game. Tajay Spears, same way, although he had a little bit more success. They did a good job of containing this Tennessee running game and really not letting. I think this was probably Derrick, their best game against Derrick Henry, maybe ever. Like, because typically you're just like penciled in, okay, Derrick Henry, 100 yard game. Like, that's just what it's been in this rivalry. But the Colts were able to hold Derrick Henry to under 100 yards, and you don't see that a whole lot. So they came in with a great game plan. They did a great job of slowing him down and really, yeah, forcing Tennessee to beat them through the air, which that, you know, if you say like, if you're trying to make Ryan Tannehill beat you, (laughs) typically you're going to have pretty good success against that. So I think the Colts had a good game plan coming in. I mean, I think that's what they should have every time. I think that's, that's how you beat the Titans is you stop their running game and really, you know, you let their lack of weapons outside of Hopkins speak for themselves. I mean, nobody outside of him did anything in this game. So the Colts did a really good job with that game plan and really slowing down this Tennessee running game. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, a couple different players that we can kind of talk about. I guess we'll start with the unit, and then we'll start talking about some players as well. So the offensive line did a great job in this game. Getting Ryan Kelly back certainly did help them a lot. Uh, the Colts ran for just a hair under 200 yards, 193 yards on the day, and they were able to obviously help Zach Moss and company really do whatever they wanted, running the football all day long. And also they protected very, very well. Um, the only sack was Anthony Richardson, and you could argue that wasn't even on the offensive line. That was an Anthony Richardson thing. But the offensive line did a great job of protecting the quarterbacks all day long, whoever was back there. And they did that without potentially their best offensive lineman in pass protection, Bernard Ryman, who's missed his second game due to the concussion. So it was rookie Blake Freeland in there again. And I thought he had a much better showing in week number two than in week number one. What were your impressions, Derek, of the offensive line in this game? Oh, they were the unsung heroes of the offense today. I mean, again, another another game where Gardner Minshew has to come in. You have to change the offensive scheme. And they didn't allow a single sack on Gardner Minshew. And that's amazing to think about. And again, Zach Moss doesn't get 163 rushing yards against the best rushing defense in the league without the offensive line actually making blocks. I mean, there were multiple times you saw Will Fries getting to the second level, blocking linebackers and blitzing corners and safeties who, you know, were, and he was able to create a hole for Zach Moss to run through. And thankfully, like you said, getting Ryan Kelly back, huge being able to seal and Quentin Nelson being able to do the same thing. I mean, it, this looked like this looked like an offensive line back in 2018 when Andrew Luck was there and they said, and Quentin Nelson told Frank Reich, now we need to run the ball on these guys against the Buffalo bills who came into Indianapolis with the number one rushing defense in the league and then proceeded to put up 150 on them uh, with Marlon Mack. It felt like the exact same thing in this sort of circumstance where they met the challenge and they exceeded it. And then, like you said, with we were missing Bernard Ryman. We're all saying, oh, man, I hope that's not a, a disaster once again. Shout out to Blake Freeland, man. He didn't have a bad game at all. I don't I, I don't think there was many times where 
honestly, there was more pressure coming off the right side against Braden Smith than there was Blank Freeland on the left side. So shout out to him after an abysmal first week going up against a very tough challenge in the Rams, having to go up against another tough challenge in the uh, Tennessee Titans, was able to bounce back and figured it out and was able to get things, at least keep it from hurting our quarterback. And I can't thank this unit enough. They're the reason why they're the reason why we won this game. Yep. Well, looking at some of the players on the offense, and we'll go back to the defense here. Um, you talked about, and I think it all starts with the offensive line, like you said, unsung heroes of this game. But it allowed Gardner Minshew to come into this game and really play well, you know, overall. I thought he had a pretty solid game. You know, kind of reminded me of that Houston game, you know, where he came in and really was, you know, more than a game manager, and he helped them win that game. He kind of did the same deal here in this game. So definitely liked what Gardner Minshew did, you know, in this game, and also his favorite target in this game, I guess, Anthony Richardson and his favorite target in this game, Josh Downs, had a career day as well, you know, with 97 yards, led the Colts in receiving. So I like that combination. It looked like some of those passing game things were working for the Colts in this game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we said it and Shane Steichen said it and everyone else should be saying it. Gardner Minshew is the best backup quarterback in this league. I mean, he came in, we all knew it was a great signing when it happened. You got a very serviceable quarterback, a guy that has been under Shane Steichen now for a little while. He knows his tendencies. He knows what he's going to coach him on. So this was a, I mean, Shane Steichen's been around him a long time. He knows Gardner Minshew's capabilities and he knows what Gardner's going to be able to do. And Gardner has all the confidence in the world and the, and his guys, and he's buying into what the Colts are doing. And, you know, he's understanding that even though it's not his team to go in there and be able to still deliver on multiple different uh, stances. Again, every all three wins that we have, Gardner Minshew has either started or had to come in and finish the job and be able to still put up points. And he has done that. And I cannot, and again, cannot thank him enough for how he has handled this whole situation of having to continuously get thrown in there on the fly and just doesn't miss a beat. Yep. Uh, I've got to talk about probably the MVP of this game. I mean, no question. Zach Moss, you know, the story has been circling all, basically all week leading up to this game. The return of Jonathan Taylor, that was the headline, right? Well, Zach Moss came out and proved to that Jonathan Taylor wasn't going to be the talking point after this game. He was going to be the talking point. He comes out and he rushes for 165 yards, which is a career game for him. Uh, two touchdowns and a career long run of 56 yards. That was the touchdown run in the first quarter. So, what can you say about Zach Moss? Averages 7.2 yards per carry in this game, Derek. I mean, he was electric. I mean, there's nothing more to say about it. Zach Moss 
was by far the MVP of this game for the Colts. And, I mean, what he has shown you, not only from this year, but just from this game alone, is he's shown you that, I mean, regardless of if Jonathan Taylor comes back 100% healthy and, you know, is ready to take on the load, that Zach Moss cannot be forgotten in this offensive system. He can't. He has, this game specifically, has shown you once again that there cannot be a game this year where Zach Moss does not get at least the, the ball at least eight to ten times a game, at minimum. Because this guy, just what he is able to do with the football, I mean, he has just exceeded everyone's expectations. No one had any idea that Zach Moss was going to be what he is now when they, they traded to Buffalo Naheem Hines for this. And Zach Moss has is now, by all accounts, this season, Cody, by yardage and everything else, has played like a top three running back in the entire NFL through yep. five weeks. I mean, in four weeks. Four weeks. He hasn't even played the full five weeks, and he's already – He's third in rushing, and he didn't even play the first week. I mean, it just goes to show you how dominant this guy has been, forcing more missed tackles than anyone except Christian McCaffrey, who by all accounts is the best running back in the NFL at this moment. You could argue Zach Moss right behind him in importance and in what he's playing for right now. So, again, love Zach Moss. I I made the tweet after the after the game that, I unfortunately don't think that there's any way that the Indianapolis Colts are going to be able to keep him. I think he's just running himself into a new contract. And I just, I wish that wasn't the case because I really want the Colts to keep Zach Moss. And I don't know if there's any way we can after just uh, re-signing Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if there's a possible way that we keep Zach Moss around, but I love what he's doing. He's doing great, right? 455 rushing yards right now. And again, like you said, that's in four games. Right now, the only two players ahead of him, Christian McCaffrey and Devin Achain, who was obviously the guy that had that like 200-yard game. So Zach Moss continues to just show up week after week. And you're right. Like, I mean, this was a game that nobody was expecting from Zach Moss. Like, you were expecting him to play well, but you weren't expecting him to play like an elite running back, certainly. So... You know, Zach Moss showing his stuff, showing how good he can be when given the opportunity. Definitely was a great trade for Indianapolis looking back on it. Somehow the Colts came out as the winners in this game or in this trade, which is crazy. So Zach Moss, definitely a guy that was forgotten in Buffalo, but got the opportunity and has made the most of it in Indianapolis. So shout out to Zach Moss. Great game from him. Just runs extremely hard and showed a little bit of quickness there, Derek. I know that's kind of something we say, like Zach Moss isn't a fast guy, but he showed a little bit of quickness there on that run. Even Jonathan Taylor said it, and, he, and the pressure's like, y'all need to watch out now. He even, he even showed he's got some wheels. Absolutely. I didn't know he had that kind of speed on him, bro. I, I thought <laughs> I looked at that run, and I was like, am I really looking at Zach Moss right now? I thought that was Jonathan Taylor right. uh, at the very beginning. So I'm like, hey, that's a pleasant surprise. Absolutely. Absolutely. So great game from Zach Moss, clear winner in this game. Let's finish with a couple defensive players, Derek. And we got to talk about two defensive linemen in this game that I thought played extremely well. 
Uh, the first guy to force Buckner, he was a wrecking ball all day. Even though he was not officially credited with the sack, he probably should have had a couple, Derek. He was constantly harassing Ryan Tannehill all day long. He led, you know, he had a couple, you know, pressures that led to some incompletions or some errant throws and was just continuing to be a monster back there and just continuing to be a dominant force, to be honest. One of the best three techs in the league for a good reason. And then Samson Mabukum, Derek, who continues to show out, continues to play well for Indianapolis, had a sack in this game, and also had a couple nice plays in the run department. A clear upgrade from Yannick Ngakwe. We see it now. Samson Mabukum looks really good in this game. And, you know, talking about how the defensive line wasn't able to get home, these two players in particular were very, very good in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Samson Mabukum, the only sack of the day for the Indianapolis Colts. And, of course, DeForest Buckner, like you said, I mean, several times he almost had a sack, but was either getting held and nobody called it or the or Tannehill just got it off just before DeForest Buckner was able to finish the job. But like I said, he had multiple times where he hit Tannehill and it forced an incompletion. Uh, DeForest Buckner was definitely a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, we talked about Zaire Franklin getting the stop. Again, you know who else was there? DeForest Buckner, who had Derrick Henry's leg when Zaire hit him. And, of course, there was just no escaping that. I know DeForest doesn't get the credit for that tackle, but he had Derrick Henry's leg. And the only way that Derrick Henry was getting away was if DeForest Buckner was not there holding his legs down. So, I mean, at the end of the day, DeForest Buckner, while the stat line may not be amazing for DeForest Buckner, his presence was very much felt on that defense today. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he, he looked very, very good in this game for sure. And he's so underrated because he does so many things that aren't seen. You know, so many good things that people don't see necessarily, but they influence the way that the defense plays. And so DeForest Buckner, great to see that he is back to being healthy, obviously was you know, I think that was a big reason why, you know, the Colts really struggled in the run game was because DeForest Buckner was a little bit banged up and kind of on a pitch count. But when he's fully healthy, he is – there's very few like him, Derek. So he is definitely one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league, no question in my mind. Um, you mentioned Zaire Franklin as well. Continues to just show up, Derek. Another strong game from him. Led the Colts with 12 tackles in total. Right now, Derek, if my math serves correctly, I was looking at some stats. Zaire Franklin, through five games, has 69 combined tackles already. Yep, best linebacker in the league. Best linebacker in the league. And y'all need to stop playing with him. Y'all need to stop playing with him. Even Ryan Clark in the national media is saying, are we we just not going to talk about how gangster uh, Zaire Franklin has been this year? I mean, seriously. The dude is leading the NFL in tackles. He might end up potentially uh, finishing with the most tackles in a season ever if things continue to go the way that they are. So, I mean, Zaire Franklin is is a dog. He's a straight dog. And y'all need to stop uh, playing with him, and y'all need to stop disrespecting him because he's here to stay, and this is a dude that is playing like the best, one of the best defensive players in all of the National Football League. He's seven tackles ahead of number two, TJ Edwards. So he's just continuing to play at an extreme rate that you're just like, oh my goodness, this guy, you know, talking about just coming out of nowhere, man. 
He is just continuing to be on a tear. So you love to see Zaire Franklin continuing to be out there. You know, 69 tackles in five games, Derek. That's that's darn impressive right there. Um, so, so like, you know, you think he's on pace for over 200 tackles right now. I mean, easily. Yep. That's crazy. Like, I don't know what – what is the actual, like, record? I actually don't know that offhand. I want to actually look it up. NFL record for most tackles in a season. Uh, most combined tackles belongs to Hardy Nickerson, who made 214 in 1993. Okay. 214 in 1993. Now, again, if you are Zaire Franklin and you average 12 tackles a game over the span of 17 games, I mean, he's knocking on the door. He's knocking on the door. Now, if he averages 13 a game uh, through those, then he will end up passing that record. Wow. So that's crazy. And he's almost, and I, He's on that record now. I mean, yeah, five games, uh, almost 70 combined tackles. That's almost 14 tackles on average a game right now. So, I mean, that's 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 incredible. That's impressive right there. So, all right. Well, anyway, guys, let us know your overall thoughts on some studs, duds, winners, losers, all that stuff. Let us know your thoughts from this game. Obviously, the Colts winning record right now, three and two, heading into a big game. Rivalry against Jacksonville down in Jacksonville, where the Colts will be looking to finally lift the curse of Duval and win for the first time since 2015. Gosh, that's crazy to say that. But the Colts are looking to do that. And they started breaking some records today. We hope they can do it again next week. We'll see who their starting quarterback will be. But let us know your guys' thoughts on some of these players or the, any other players or units that we missed. Let us know in the comments below, but that'll do it for this one, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.